This is going to be the most clear, concise lesson in Budgeting 101. It is seven figures, all the information that you need to dominate your finances. I am Sandy Waters, and I thank you so much for reaching out to me. And please, if you ever have any questions, that's what this podcast is for. It's for you. It's here to help you because everybody's in a different financial spot, but it doesn't matter where you are. There's always something to learn. So I've gotten a handful of emails asking How do you start a budget? Every financial expert will say, okay, you got to get your finances in order, but it starts with the budget. What's the best way to do it? We cash in with our experts, Jody Arbergast from Family First Credit Union, talking budgeting 101. This is what you love to do, isn't it, Jody? It is what I love to do. I love helping people with their budgets and getting them into a good spot. And you make it easy to understand, which is nice. So let's get everybody in a good spot. We can do that. Okay. When a team member comes to you and says, listen, Jody, I don't know where to start. I don't know what to do. What do you tell them? I start with having them answer a few questions. Okay. And I say, okay, ask yourself, do I know where my money goes? Do I know how much I spend on a weekly, monthly basis on incidentals? For example, morning coffees or lunches, you know, even your gas and groceries and entertainment fall under like those incidentals. Okay. So, and then the last question I ask is, do you know if you bring home enough money to cover your monthly expenses and spending? And many times the answer to one or more of these questions is no. Mm. And that's tough because if you don't know, then you can't manage. You can't move on to any other steps. Right. Okay. Without understanding your spending habits. Right. Yep. I think we all have been where this month it didn't feel like we spent a lot. And then you look at the the credit card statement or you comb through your account. You're like, where the heck did our money go? go. Mm -hmm. Yep. There's a very easy first step to understanding where that money went. (laughs) So if you're committed, you know, and you really want to take the bull by the horns, very simple. Track your spending for two weeks. Okay. Two weeks. Don't make any adjustments to what you do. Just, you know, track it. Use a pad and jot down the incidentals that you do, like what we discussed earlier, you know, the coffee, the lunches, gas and groceries. You know, how you do that is up to you. You can make a column for each or if you just write down Tim Hortons or whatever for coffee, you know, and how much you spent, um, you're going to need to be able to total that later. Okay, so be completely honest, track every penny. Yep, every penny. Even if it's uh, the kids come home with, uh, you know, I got to buy the Mother's Day mums or whatever it may be. Yep. Okay. Yep, because we're going to talk about that later. Okay. (laughs) All right. This is our homework assignment, by the way. We're all going to do this. Okay. Yep, yep. So, um, and again, like I said, don't make any adjustments to your spending. Just track it. And then while you're tracking your spending... You know, you and whoever else is in the household with you, adult-wise, should sit down and make a list of the bills that you pay. Very simple. Again, just a pad of paper, create columns for, like, the name of the bill and the date that it's due and the amount that's usually due. Okay. So, 
and that would be for your monthly bills. And don't forget those bills that might come out automatically, like gym memberships or Netflix. Or even or insurance. Insurance. Okay. Yep. Yep. Um, kids' sports fees is another one that you might not pay on a monthly basis, but might be an, uh, you know, a quarterly or a once-a-season thing. Garbage pickup water is usually quarterly. What I want you to do is get that quarterly amount mm-hmm. that you usually pay, multiply it by four because there's four quarters in the year, and then divide it by 12. Because ultimately, you're going to put water bill on that that list, and you should be saving each month that Mm, portion for that quarterly bill when it comes due, so you're not caught by surprise. Okay. All right. Got it. Make sense? Yes. Mm -hmm. Okay. So, and and you you mentioned car insurance, and I did the water bill. Renter's insurance is another one you might not think about that comes out maybe quarterly. It's just, you know, sit down and brainstorm. Okay, those kids' sports bills, like I said, you know, if you do, you know, summer softball or baseball and then basketball in the winter or whatever, take take an average of, you know, how much you spend on those and set aside some money each month so that you're not hit all at once. Because ultimately, I know at tax time, and we're in tax time right now, a lot of people like to play catch up with those that tax money, Mm. but I want to try to move you away from that because that tax money should be savings for you for a big expense if something comes up. So ultimately, that's our goal is to get you on a budget and to get some savings going for you. And that was good that you brought up tax time. I want to pause just for a second. Sure. There are a lot of people who say they look forward to getting their tax return because they see it as free money, even though it really isn't free money. No, you worked hard for that money. Yeah. (laughs) It should be looked at as, oh, what do we need? You know, do we need anything for the house or do we need anything for the car? It should be, you know, like like I said, set aside in a savings. Maybe you're trying to save for a house, to purchase a house. That's a good chunk to put away for a down payment on a house. Okay. You know, mm-hmm. three years you'll have, you know, average return is like two grand, $2,500. You know, three years you'll have 6000 to $8,000. You know, that's a good chunk. That's your closing costs for a house. Good goal. And again, if you can set up a budget, you're not looking forward to that tax bill to quote unquote catch up. Continuing on here with our budget. So say your two week tracking is done. You're going to add up each like item that you tracked. For example, all the gas receipts together, all the grocery receipts together, et cetera. And then you should be able to take that number for each item that you tracked and double it to get a monthly amount. Okay. Okay. And then you're going to add each of those items to your list of bills using the total for the month as the payment amount for the month. So you'll have, you know, a grocery line, a gas line, you know, an incidental line, coffee line if you want to get that specific, mm-hmm. you know, if you want to budget right down to that. So um, so this list is, you know, should now be like your snapshot of what you pay out in a month. So you're going to add all the payment lines to get your grand total and write it at the bottom. Might freak you out a little bit. (laughs) (laughs) Because it's going to include things like a mortgage or a rent payment. It's going to be a big number. 
Yeah. You know, it's going to be a big number. Don't let it, don't let it freak you out because we're going to deal with that, you know, and then we're going to see what your net income is to help offset that. Don't so, get in a fight with your spouse over this number here. We're working right, together. Right. We're working together <laughs> to, to help, you know, if you need to lower that number, that's, that's a different podcast. But. Okay. <laughs> so, okay. So to offset that, you want to find out what your true monthly income is using your net or your bring home pay, not your gross. Okay. okay now, see, that might be... Harder for some people, depending on what your profession is. Salespeople, I could only imagine how mm-hmm. how tough that is to really solidify that number. Yep. So, so let's talk about let's talk about that right now. Okay. So, if your sales commissions, if you get straight pay, use that figure and figure it for the whole year, so that you have you know just what you're bringing home on your straight pay. Okay. Guaranteed. Guaranteed money. Okay. Okay. So then with your sales or your commissions, the best way to get an accurate figure would be if you've been at your job for say two years, use your tax returns and use your commission amounts off of your W-2s or off of your um, last paycheck of the year. Add them together divide by two, and then divide by 12 to get an average of what you've brought in per month for the last two years. Okay. That's what we do when we determine a loan, income for a loan. So it's a very good indicator, okay, of what the bring home is. Now, the, the flip side of that is, is that's a gross amount. So you need to subtract 20% from that commission or sales figure. To okay. get a true bring home. Okay. I hope I didn't confuse people. So that is for the person who has the commission. Yep. Commission or sales. Bonuses or sales yep. factored yep. into it. Okay. So yep. now for everybody else who just makes, here, here's my paycheck. Yep. Here's my 40-hour week pay. You should be able to take a paycheck where you've worked just straight 40 hours, no bonus or overtime in it, and you should be able to use the net bring home on that okay. pay stub. Multiply it by, if you're paid by um, weekly, by 52. If you're paid um, bi-weekly, by 26. If you're paid bi-monthly, by 24 to get an annual amount. And then divide that by 12 to get your monthly net income. Money that's coming in the house, this is how much money you're working with here. Correct. So yeah. now I'm assuming you're going to say we're going to compare these two numbers. We are. And hopefully not pass out. <laughs> <laughs> so you're going to take, well, and you're going to do that for each person that's bringing money into the house to get that monthly amount. So okay. if it's a couple, you do both of you, add those together, and then hopefully those two numbers together is more than the bottom line on your budget sheet. So, and does it give you a sense of relief, <laughs> you know, when you're like, oh, phew, we're making it? Or are they so close that maybe you're a little concerned? How you know? much of that gap do you want? And obviously, the bigger the gap, the better. Um, Correct. But what is a safe area 
to also, okay, get our bills paid on time and have a little extra to save for that emergency fund and, and pay off debt. Right. What's not figured into that budget sheet that we had you create is savings. Unless you've put it on there, there's no savings in there. So if you want to add savings into that, you should have a difference in that number of by at least two to $500. Okay. Because everything else should be included in that budget. You know, haircuts, we, we've allotted for the entertainment, you know, two to $500 you should be saving a month. At least. At least. That's our homework. Uh, to really sit down with your significant other, or if it's just you, just sit down and work out these numbers, crunch these numbers, find those two numbers, and see the difference. And the bigger the gap, the better. Um, for the people, though, Jody, who have done this step already, who already do have um, a good sense of what is coming in and what is going out, but the numbers are too close for comfort, or the money that they're spending is more than the money that they're bringing in, do you have some advice or tips to kind of, you know, shave some of that uh, sure. expense off? Yep. The, you know, the biggest one is um, shopping their insurances. Um, you should be shopping your insurances every two to three years because insurance companies will compete for your business. So you should be looking at, you know, bundling if you can homeowners and car insurance or even renters and car insurance um, can be bundled helping to reduce expenses. Many insurances, if you take an eight-hour driver safety course, will reduce your insurances by 10 to 30 percent. Oh, Jody, that has been on my to-do list forever. Thank you for reminding me again. I do. Yeah. You know, I do hours, have to do that. You know, eight hours of your life for 30 percent off your car insurance seems kind of like a no-brainer. And in many cases, <laughs> yeah, you're right. In many cases, it's online, too. So you can it's, pause yes. and go back to it whenever. Yes. It's online. Or if you, I know I have friends who who they they go, Every three years, they they go to this class together and they have a fun day of it. And yes, you know, yes. So, okay, you know. so that, I'm glad you brought that up because actually, I just within the last few months revisited my insurance. I took it for granted. I didn't. I guess I don't even think about it because you're right. It just automatically comes out, and right? you forget about it. So. Um, my sister, who's in that industry, said, what are you doing? Here, I'm not even taking advantage of what I should be. My sister does this for a living. But mm-hmm. she's like, let me shop it around for you. Because there are some insurance companies that they'll give you a great initial rate. And then they do, after three or four years, yep. increase that rate. Yep. <laughs> Significantly. Right. I mean, and you may find that, you know, you are getting the best deal with your current sure. insurance. Sure. Agent, but... That onus is on you to make sure that you're making sure you're still getting that good deal. Yes, you cannot forget about that. Insurance is the big one. Okay, that's Mm -hmm. a great takeaway. Thank you. I'm putting that on my to-do list, everybody else. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, so now in two weeks, we're going to come back together and we're going to have our numbers. And then you're going to help us do other little things to help shave down um, our expenses. Does that sound good? Yes. Because yeah. Jody said she has a plethora of ideas for you. <laughs> I do. I do. <laughs> I just, 
you know, if they get that done and they, they're finding themselves concerned, I, I just want them to take a breath and look at the big picture. You okay. know, this is their budget in their current situation. You know, that can change. You can make some healthy changes to that, you know, so that you won't be feel so concerned or anxious about it. So I don't want anybody to get nervous and about the situation once they do this. Hey, Everything is fixable. Absolutely. You are in your spot right now. You don't have to stay here. Right. Jody Arbergast from Family First Credit Union. Thank you so much for everything that you do and for being uh, being on the podcast with us. Thank you for having me. And I look forward to speaking with you in two weeks. Our relationship with money, the way we learned how to budget our money really starts with our parents, how we were raised. Uh, and I was raised in a, in a household where my dad, he was very blunt. He just told it like it is. And he taught us so many valuable lessons about money. And I appreciate all of those lessons. And still to this day, I lean on dad a lot. So like we do with every episode, we leave you with my dad. Father knows best, my dad's two cents. Have a great weekend. Thank you for checking out the podcast again this week. Tell a friend about it. Give us a review on iTunes and dominate your finances. Over 70% of NFL players have gone bankrupt after only a few years of retirement. At a rate of 60%, NBA players do a little better, but still go broke at a rate much higher than the average population. These are people that are making millions. So it's important to understand that it's not about how much you make, but how much you spend that can derail your financial future.